Hey, Alvin. How's it going? I'm well, Brady. How are you? I'm all right. How's your week been? Um, finally, we've got the phase two underway and uh, in the uh, 50% inside. So that was exciting to have guests okay. in seats. And did you receive or cater to as many guests as you thought you would have? Not inside. People, not many people inside, actually. Yeah, we had a similar experience, I guess. Um, we had a lot of people on the patio. So that was full capacity uh, at 50%. And then we had some people in the tent, but some of the days are very warm, so it can get a little a little warm in there unless the breeze is running through. Um, and then we had some people inside, but it wasn't constantly full. We, we didn't have a wait, but uh, we're grateful for everyone who came, and everyone who came were grateful that we were there. So it, it was a, a nice weekend, a nice week. Right. I agree. Uh, we're here with Omar Bukras from Omar's Carriage House today. Omar, how about you? What, what were your experiences with the phase two? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, we, we had the same experience, to be honest with you. I mean, I opened the, I have a parking lot that I use as a patio. Uh, it was, it was good and successful. Uh, inside Friday was decent. We probably had like four or five tables inside. I only opened upstairs, not downstairs. But uh, Saturday was very quiet inside. So people, I don't think they're ready yet to go back to inside the restaurant. Yeah. So I think everyone uh, knows Omar, but for those of you who don't, Omar owns Omar's Carriage House, which is in Norfolk, Virginia. And it is uh, in the Freemason area. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And uh, you've been there for how long now? 22 years. That is a long time. A great testament. <laughs> um, in restaurant lifespans, that's probably, you know, four three. or five. Four, is it three lives? Three. three <laughs> lives. <laughs> okay, that's, 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 you would know, Brady. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, congratulations. And, uh, thank you. You, know, uh, you get a lot of respect from, from us, of course. And Thank you. Uh, thank you for being here. Oh, my pleasure. It's a pleasure being uh, play with you guys. <laughs> yeah. So one of the reasons we asked you here was because um, I saw you on the news. And, oh, yeah. and it wasn't because you're one of... America's 10 most wanted or anything like that. <laughs> you you got yourself stuck in a sticky situation. You, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's a, <clears throat> that's true. I'm the infamous Omar in that situation. So uh, I was stuck in Morocco, which is my uh, my my home country. That's where I, bo I was born. And uh, so basically in the, uh, the, the spring vacation for the kids, we decided to go see uh, my dying father-in-law. So we went there on March 6th, I were coming back on the, the kids were coming back on the 15th. I was coming back uh, five days later. Unfortunately, with the COVID-19 happening, uh, Morocco was one of the first country to pretty much put the country, the entire country on lockdown and close their borders. Wow. So, so my kids were lucky enough to take the last plane that left Morocco on March 15th. That was a Sunday. And after that, the whole country was on shutdown. Mm. So this is uh, Morocco. Is it Marrakesh? Is that where you are? So North no, Africa? Is yeah, it, North yeah. Africa. I was, I, I was, I'm from Casablanca. My wife is from uh, the capital, Rabat. Uh -huh. So I was stuck in between the two cities. But of course, uh, what happened when that happened on, on the, that Monday, the 16th of March, the, the government uh, declared martial law and lockdown of the country. Wow. Meaning, uh, martial law. So that means the, the the military enter with the tanker into every city of in Morocco. So 
So I packed my stuff from the from where my family is, Casablanca, and I drove to Rabat. And as I'm driving, it was a scary, scary movement. I mean, I was literally in kind of in tears because it was scary. I mean, it was not. So this is not police. This is this is military, military. and and it so. was military tankers. I mean, you as you drive in the highway, you 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 know you're driving through like thirty. Uh, tankers that go into the the city, the next city, and then you pass the the, 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 the to the next city, and then you go into, and then you see more tanker going to that next. You mean like tanks, like army oh, tanks, yeah, with guns and guns there's a war. Yeah. Uh, but when you start seeing that, I mean, you know that the, the government was not playing. They knew what yeah. they want. They were they were not about to sacrifice the people for the economy. They were ready to sacrifice the economy for the people, mm. and uh, and that's what they did. Right, but you're a local, so. I I, I I was local, but I still I don't think you're you're ever ready for a situation like that. I mean, when you see those tankers and you see the military and you start see, hearing uh, speakers, loudspeakers saying you need to enter your your home and you're not allowed outside, and then next thing you know, there is a fire marshal, fire lower. I mean, marshal lower says, you know what? At six o'clock at night, you are not allowed outside, no wow. matter what, permission or not permission. So this is something like you'd never seen before. Oh no, it's like you've seen it in movies but you don't yeah. see it in real life. Right. So it's a, it was it was quite an experience really. Yeah. All that time you have an operating restaurant in Norfolk. Absolutely. Oh. Well, and that's that's the that's that's what was more scary for me because I didn't know what what was happening here. Right. And uh, it was a it was a strange time here as well. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what what I need to do. I was fortunate enough that my kids were already here and uh, I never thought would my kids will ever take over, you know, or at least run the business when I'm gone and they really did come true. I mean, they with the management with our management and and my team, they really uh run it pretty good. So, That's when good. your when your kids got on the plane to come back to the states, did they know that you were going to be left behind, or they thought you're on a, a you're going to be on the plane the day later, or how did that work? No, when they, when they left, the the funny part, like literally, as they were checking their luggage and getting their boarding passes, I was right there with them, and I asked the gentleman that was checking them in, and I said, uh, "So, do you think there's any chance where, because in the back of our mind, we always thought that I'm going to get stuck, and." Uh, uh, like my son literally knew that's going to happen because he told me the day, the, day, the day before he said that you should come with us because that was the gut feeling it was his gut feeling I said I said no I'd be fine he said that you're going to be were you guys going to be stuck for a long time I said no we'll be fine so when we checked in and he was leaving he knew I asked the gentleman he said no that's, everything is fine uh. so he did not I'm going to be stuck for a while so that's what happened so we got stuck how long were you stuck there in uh I was Morocco. I was I was stuck there until April 11th, so we were there for almost three more weeks. Right. Yeah. And how did you get out on a regular well, commercial flight, or did you have to pull some strings? Uh, we had well, I mean, you you, you couldn't pull strings because the gov our government in Morocco had shut down the country. Okay. So even if, <clears throat> even if you pull string, you had to happen. It has to be coordinated between the state departments. Uh, here and and uh, the the American embassy in Casablanca, and so you had to register, which I did register, but it was a very, very I think it was they never seen this. So even the State Department and and the, and the American embassy did not know how to handle this. So right. there was no communication whatsoever. I mean, we sent email. They 
there's no response, and then you send another email, no response. But at the same time, the State Department here was telling our, you know, our government here that everybody's back, everything is fine, but it wasn't. So it wasn't necessarily that the U.S. government wasn't letting you back in. Your government wasn't letting you out, and they weren't communicating because this is something that's uncharted waters and they've never really had to deal with before. Yeah, I mean, that that is correct. But at the same time, I don't think that's... The State Department was communicating uh, uh, how we can, you know, how what is the plan to to get uh, the the American citizen out of the uh, uh, out of abroad, and yeah. not just Morocco, from Peru, it was uh, Lima, it was you know Mexico, it was everywhere. Right. But I think the what the State Department focused on at the beginning, because I have a friend of mine who worked for the the Peace Court in Morocco, so they were the first one to be evacuated. So they focus on 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 who's you know the 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 the, the peace court people the people that work for the, the American the board for the government uh, in Morocco they were the first ones to come out of the, the Morocco, and I think that happened all over the the world, but uh, they didn't I don't think they, they 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 could handle everybody because it just happened so so quick. Right, <laughs> and you you have. Two kids, is that right, Omar? I have two kids. I have uh, my son, Zaki, who's 22, and my daughter, Yasmin, who's 20. Zaki, that's the one with the um, good gut instincts. Absolutely. So you get back now uh, into, uh, well, no, your kids get back into Norfolk first. So are they making the decisions with your with your business? Are you telling them what to do over the phone or over Skype? Or h- how do you now start running a whole new business over the phone or from you know in it from a different country well it, it wasn't easy but it was it was I had to do something so basically what we're doing every every morning I was doing a, a face uh, uh, face call or FaceTime call with with the, my GM Shayna but also she was communicating with my son Zaki and then I talked to him and he'll he'll tell me what what they're talking about and what they think they should they should be doing and we we communicate pretty much at least 3 4 times a day you know I had to stay in, in touch and and be creative uh to to survive and my son literally came up with ideas and and I knew it's been going on for years where I wanted to do carry out and delivery and I didn't, I've never focused on that. So the first thing come in mind, like as soon as the shutdown happened, I said, you know what guys, I told you my, my GM, I said, this is what we wanted to do for years and we never had a chance to do it. We never focused on it. So let's do it now. But what we know, one thing that I knew that I was never willing to close my restaurant at all. I knew I wanted to keep going with with some sort of business because I know it's hard. If once you close, it's hard to reopen. Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting point because it was my opinion that the better financial decision was to just shut down and stop operation. But, Absolutely. But the best business decision was to push through. And You're right. I, you know, you stay relevant, you stay in people's, in people's minds and, and you're serving the community. You're, yes. you're serving food, you're keeping to go. And that was one of my things as well. And we even increased our hours instead of decreased. So we wanted to be as available as possible to to our guests. And I don't know if it's paid off or not, but I think it's important to keep your business running. I, I agree with you there, uh, Brady. I mean, I think I think 
uh, I was I had the same mentality. It's like I had to stay in people's face, people's mind, and that's what we did. I don't think, absolutely, as in a business uh, common sense, you want to think about the money and, and are you making enough money to cover all your expenses. But in the logic, you you want to stay alive and 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 basically invest in a long term return. And I think by staying open and sacrifice those couple weeks at the beginning was, to me, was the best decision because I knew that people would never forget about us because we stayed open for their convenience. Mm -hmm. We stayed open and served them no matter what. And they're going to remember us forever because they knew that we sticked with it and we, we sucked it up and then we did whatever we had to do. Yeah, that's right. That was my opinion as well. So when did you, when did that, that dream of, of having a restaurant, having that business that stays open through COVID-19. When, when did that dream occur for you? I think owning a restaurant came when I, when I graduated from high school oh. and I went to my dad and I said, like, I want to go to a culinary institute. And he said, what? what he wanted you, you to be an accountant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he wanted me because two of my brothers, my older brother were accountant. And he said, absolutely no. We, this is not in our culture. This is not in our, in our family. You are going to do exactly what your brother did. You're going to go to friends and just study accounting. I was like, okay, that's, that's what you want. That's fine. So that's where it started. And I did. I went to France to, and I studied, you know, a year and a half uh, in accounting. And then finally I went to dad, went back to Morocco and I said, dad, I thank you very much for what you you've given me, but I really have to follow my dream. I need to go to to the state and do what I want to do. And then he said, "Okay, then you can do whatever you want to do." So I did. <laughs> you've spoken a lot about living the American dream and achieving the American dream. Yeah. Um, how does that How does that sit with you now? How, how do you How do you feel about that with the current situation? Uh, I don't think the, the current situation changed my mind about the American dream. I've, I've always said that I, I le <clears throat> I'm living the American dream and I meant it. COVID-19 definitely put things in perspective and make you think twice, you know, how, you, how you're going to live and how you're going to change your life if any, you know, if you want to change your life. But that dream that, that I've had at a, uh, as a kid to, to live the American dream is always here because this, this has always been the greatest country in the world. This has been, this, this has been, this country has always uh, been uh, uh, a melting pot for everybody. So, so I don't think that's, for me, I don't think it changed anything. For my kids, on the other hand, it does change a little bit because... Uh, for them being being uh, uh, and you know uh, they're born in this country, but being foreigners in somehow because they're second generation, it does change things a little bit. It scares them a little bit. So there there is a little bit of that mixture in there. But for me, I've always believed in the American dream. I've always lived the American dream, and I've always I never take what this country has to offer for granted. Well, I feel we need to, um, you know, bring up the, the whole George Floyd incident and the racial tensions that are going on. And, you know, you're from Morocco and I'm from England and I'm black and I guess you're black, I brown black, and yeah, British exactly white. Right. And we're all here together Absolutely. and we, you know, we, we're all equal. And that, that's, that's the whole point. We should all, all be equal. But, you know, we can drink together and we can eat together and we can talk together. 
Uh, is this affecting your business in any way or your or your thought process? I don't think it affects my business, but it does affect my 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 thought process. It does. If, uh, my kids are really really upset about this whole thing, and and in, and if anything, they're because they grew up in in a, in an, an area Norfolk, which is the minorities. It's it's big, but they went to high school. They went to public school, so they were all their friends. They were minority, and seeing this. All these years, they've been saying that is not right. Is not this right. is not normal. So I've seen it. I lived. I lived it through my kids, and I understand it. But but at the same time, uh, coming from from uh, overseas, from Morocco, which is you know, is it's is is a mix. But it's I've always didn't. I don't like the you know. I don't like to bring my background into the to the play yeah. because I never thought it was necessary. I've never been to Mor Morocco, and you have graciously invited me to yes. go there and be there with your family. And yeah, and, and and one day I'm definitely going to take you up on it. Um, but I imagine it's it's a mixture of Africa and Europe. So so I've always just joked my my uh, my kids. I said I'm a, I'm a double minority because I'm I'm foreigner, but also I'm an African. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but uh, but I have a, a, a stories a joke. When uh, one year, years and years ago, I was uh, before before we were called white. Now Morocco, Northern uh, Africa is called white oh. in in the censors here in this country. But before we were always others. Uh. So I remember one time that the, the the cop stopped me on coming from DC area, and he said, "Oh, ticket, blah blah." And then he filled up the you know the ticket, and then in the mind it says it says others. I said, "Officer, I'm not others." <laughs> either either I am African yeah. or I'm I'm white, so he can't do it. He's like, oh no. So we said they were arguing for twenty minutes, and <laughs> literally at the end of the story, he said, either you sign, I'm going to take you to jail. I said, okay, I'll sign. Yeah. <laughs> so we were always others, and it's it's that's the truth. So it's always been there. Yeah, yeah. I've had a couple of situations with that too. You know, trying to fill out those boxes. Is it are you African American or, or you're white? European American. Well, no, that, that was never an option. Never it, option it, yeah. it was never an option. And black wasn't even an option. Yeah. It was African-American or white. And, and I didn't really consider myself either because I'm from England. So I'm yeah. British and European and parents are from Jamaica. And th those boxes weren't there. And yeah, I was really exactly. confused as to what to yeah. do. And then I'm thinking, well, why do I need to tick a box? Yeah, exactly. What is the yeah. point of that? It, it, it made no sense to me. I, I have to tell you, I literally cried this week I, i've got you know your kids are 21 22, 22 yeah i have a six month old and oh yeah and i yeah. thought i was just really thinking about when she grows up if she's gonna have to go through this if she gets stopped by the police and this is me thinking this is you know 16 17 18 years from now i'm thinking Absolutely. can we make this change before she gets to that point yeah. and I, it just made me sit and think about it real hard and i, I just hope we can and and with some of the protests going on, and I see people coming together, and I think if they stay vigilant and be peaceful but smart about it, I think we can hopefully change some minds and make a difference. Absolutely, you just have to focus on on what matters, not you know what. what why are we doing this protest? Yeah, it's, why? It's, yeah. Yes, it's yeah, yeah. if they stick to that, then we should be all right. Unity. Absolutely. Unity. Alvin, with all this going on, do you? see hope or progress with everything that we're facing um i do i'm the eternal optimist you know me glass half full um i see hope for the nation because uh, i think we're moving in the right direction and it's it's odd now i you know 
be in my car and I'll put up at a traffic light and you know you look over at the next person and now people smile and they wave which is which never happened before and I think people are trying to make a concerted effort to be decent humanitarians and just be happier and understand each other and know that everyone has problems and you know maybe they're having a bad day I can just do a quick smile or a quick wave and that'll make them feel better um, so I think you know small steps but I think we're heading in the right direction that way and I think there's hope in the the restaurant business I think that we're innovative people as restaurateurs um, we adapt and we adapt quickly and I think that we'll we'll get through this I agree with you I think I think there is hope for this country I think this country is 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 big and it's it's a and it's a powerful to to lose hope and I think the hope is always going to be there I think there is hope uh, I think Uh, as as the country and and as the people unified around this situation, I think we're going to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, as a restaurant owner, I think, like you just said, it's we've always adapt and adjust, and I think this is just another you know another way of adapting and adjusting. Uh, and we don't have a choice because let's be realistic: we don't have corporate behind us, we don't have investor behind us. It's us. Yeah. So either we make it or we. Yeah. We don't. We don't have those deep pockets. So we don't have deep pockets. So so as as a small owner, business owner, and it's you guys, you know, say, same way, it's a um, we have to adapt, and we we're gonna have to survive because, as you, uh, I said earlier, we've all have over 20 years in our under 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 arm. You know, it's uh, yeah. so it's it's not easy for us to just forget about it. So we're gonna do everything we can to make it happen, and we are we're gonna come we're gonna come true. Together with unity, Absolutely. with unity, I like Absolutely. that. Absolutely, unity. Uh, unity is all keep, about we'll unity. Keep checking on each other and, and making sure yeah. that you know we get through this together. Yes, sir. Share the ideas. You know that that's another thing that's been really cool about this. We all share ideas. We're not like hiding things. Well, I'm going to be first, and I'm going to do this. We're, we all do what we can do to help each other. We all know that people don't eat in your restaurant every day, Omar, or exactly. your Steinhelpers every day, or Cobalt every day. You know, I'm I'm happy if the, they come once a week. Yeah. Which was part of the idea with the podcast was to to share ideas and, yeah. and get people to tell their ideas. Absolutely, I think I think that that's we 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 all forgot you know as human beings that's there is no competition here. There is it's we all helping helping each other. We all feed into mm. each other, and that's I think right. that's that's now it's more time to 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 do this than ever. And I think this is a great idea that you guys are doing. Thank you, Omar, for joining us. You've been a, a very awesome guest. Thank uh, you for having me. Very guys. informative. We're glad you, that you're safe and sound thank, and thank your for, for family the, as well. For a good sincere, I love a good wine. So thank you for a good wine, for yeah, a good we, company. Yeah, know. we didn't. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah, we didn't mention that we were having a, a nice bottle of sincere. I know. I couldn't pass that. So I have to mention. So I'm sorry. It's yeah. a good. You know, I love the company, but the, the sincere top it up. So. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, thanks to Omar Bukris of the Carriage House, Omar's Carriage House, for joining us. Uh, we'll see you next time. I'm Alvin. And I'm Brady. And this is The, the Check. Check.